Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this kind of overarching theme of things that block us from hearing God's voice and being able to engage Him and recognize His presence. And uh, we touched on an area last week about expectations unfulfilled. Anybody here gotten messed up in your life with expectations unfulfilled? And it wasn't just that they didn't get fulfilled, but you got stuck. You got frozen. You couldn't move forward. You began to develop uh, frustration, anger, resentment. Offense towards God. God. No, I've never done that. I've heard of it though. But um, yes, right? (laughs) Yes. But there's another piece of that that I realized for me that starts to show up, and it's shame. Um, I I don't know about y'all, but um, I went through a period of time where, um, you know, if you've been in your 20s and you don't know what you want to do with your life, it might change every week. Nobody? Anyway, you know, it's like, and so I went through this time, but you want to do something great. And so I went through this point, and people would ask you, they're like, what are you doing? And I wanted a good answer. And I remember, and, but, it, but it was authentic. I was looking for things. And at one point, I was going to go teach English in Mongolia. Legit. I'd actually made a deal with them. They were going to get me a yurt, at least a, at least whole day's horse ride from the nearest road. We already had it worked out. I was going to ride. It was going to be great. I started to learn Mongolian. I learned to sing Tuval throat singing. Don't ask. I mean, skills. Um, but the reality is then life came along and I went in a different direction. And, but I had been talking a good talk about Mongolia for a bit. And people would ask me, hey, what about Mongolia? And you know what I felt? Shame. Why? Because there was this expectation I created, but then there was a reality that was different. And um, <clears throat> I have a question for you. Now, I personally am a world-renowned expert in shame. I've done a lot of field research for you. And so, but I have a few questions. What, um, when we feel shame, what happens to us? What do we do when we feel shame? Oh, wait, whoa, you guys are, you guys apparently know your stuff. Wow, somebody have online degrees? Awesome, okay. All right, so isolation. What else? That's it? You guys obviously don't know your shame. Hide. I, 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 you know, I would say hide in isolation. We'll just make them slightly different um, because I feel you. What else? Indulgence. Indulgence. One, one second. Lash out. Oh, I like that one. Not so much. Wait, wait. Lash out. One second. I can't spell lash. Lash. There you go. Thank you. Lash out. Takes a village. Uh, what else? Shut down. Down. Oh, wow. One second. Paralyze. Uh, yeah, we'll put that with up here with lash out, anger, paralyzed. What, what was this one? Blame. Oh, wow, I'm good at that. Oh, excuses. Yeah, I like that too. Awesome. A- anything else? Negative self-talk? Defensive? Oh. Avoid, avoid calling. Avoid calling. All right, let's see. Procrastination, procrastination, sin, uh, uh, negative self-talk. There's another one I got, but I've... Didn't. 
You guys, huh? Ah, wait. What was the denial? Denial. Okay, let's just stop now. We're while we're behind. Okay. Wow. I so appreciate just the compassionate heart that you have to understand your neighbors. We wish, we wish. Uh, so one of the big things you guys nailed right off the bat is when we experience shame, we hide, we isolate. And we learned that from our mama and our papa. You guys remember Adam and Eve, Genesis 2, 25, they were naked and unashamed. They were doing just fine. All their laundry, dirty and otherwise, was laid out there and they were unashamed. Why do I say they had dirty laundry? Because they were immature. Immaturity creates messes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it, when you're starting to learn anything, do you mess up? You don't do things perfectly. You make messes. They, but they were unashamed if they messed up. Daddy! Right? They had no problem when they messed up. Why? Because they were learning. They were naked and they were unashamed. But then what happened? Eve had a conversation. Anybody had a conversation with the devil at 3 a.m.? Awesome. Uh, he, she had a conversation with the devil, and the devil caused her to question the goodness of God. But he said this interesting thing. He says, if you want to be what? Like God, you need to do this, right? Now the question is, we've talked about this a thousand times, but I ask you, in whose image were they created? So who were they like? They were like him, little L, but they were growing into a bigger L every day. Not bigger loser, but um, <laughs> that didn't work out very well. Uh, they were growing more and more like him in the same way that Jesus had to grow in grace and favor with God and man. So they're growing in, the, in likeness to him. They're maturing every day. But the devil took her calling to be like God, big L, and shamed her because she was still little L. Because she was, she was only this much like God, not this much like God. Anybody here been shamed? And, and you nailed it, um, uh, Katie. When you're, anybody been shamed in the place of your calling? Because you've only gone this far in it? Every single one of us. It's the devil's oldest trick. Literally, this is the first trick in the Bible. He takes the very calling of God, the promise of God, and uses it to shame you. This is really important because this is the number one way he stops us. Because what he says is, you are not who God says you are. You are not going to become who he says you will become. You are what you're doing right now. And suddenly, they were what? When they sinned, the, for one of the first questions God asked after he said, where are you, Adam? And Adam's like, he says, we were naked and we hid. Hiding, isolation. The very first reaction to shame was to isolate and to hide. Oh. Now I have a question, guys. If you have food, anybody here done this? You go to the fridge after Thanksgiving and it's full of Tupperware. So you do the Tupperware dance. And you're looking for something, and then you find, whoa! Oh, that was last Thanksgiving. 
or Easter or Halloween, I don't know. And, and you shove it to the back. Where's my people? Where's my back of the fridge people? See that hand? Come on. We're, we just, we're just, <laughs> there's some of you are like having just, okay. All right. All right. Clean, clean uh, fridge people. All right. So it goes to the back. Now, if I move that to the back, if I hide that to the back, what is going to happen to said Tupperware? <laughs> Suddenly you hear voices in the night. It's because it's come alive, right? You know? Like, no, yeah, feed me Seymour, right? And that's where all your leftovers go. They get swallowed. No, because when you hide it, what happens? It grows. It ferments. Now, now you guys remember, God, when they sinned, God was offended, wasn't he? God was mad. God was hurt. God was shocked. God gave them the silent treatment. God separated himself from them. Anybody starting to realize that our own personal self-talk about what happens when we do bad might be a little bit different than how God relates to us? What does God do? Oh, Adam. What does he do? When, my, when, my, when I see in my daughter's eyes that she's afraid of my reaction to something. Do you, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm having a good daddy day. What do I do? I go, it's okay, it's okay. Why? Because I know the only way we're gonna resolve this is if we can get connection. And what does Papa God do when he comes in the garden? Oh, Adam, where are you? Why does he say that? Have you ever played hide and go seek with a three-year-old? Like, like we, it's funny, Danya to the, and I to this day still do this. We'll play hide and go seek every, and we literally, the other day, like she found me and wouldn't find me because we've already worked this out. Like you have to look for a certain amount of time. So like, where are you? I can't see you, right? And literally like we, like, you know, the, the child's hiding and you know, only their head is under the couch, you know? And you're like, literally, can God find Adam? Is Adam like, Adam's like, we are hiding so good. He'll never see us. God of the universe, all-knowing one, right? And why does he do this? Because he knows a relationship is always a two-way street. God was, it says in Colossians that we were reconciled to God, not God to man. Because God never had a problem. God's always been for us. It says in Colossians, we were enemies of God in our own minds. And so God's like, and so Adam is like, God's my enemy. And God's like, I'm not your enemy. Adam, see, I'm coming at you gentle. Do you, is it okay? It's okay. Come on out. You know, like laying out, you know, like, you know, anyway, um, that's where the fig leaves came from. They're little figs laid out. Anyway. And so he's like, come on, come on out and play. And he goes, he's like, oh, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And God asks a question. Again, God never asks a question because he lacks knowledge, right? God's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. God says, he goes, who told you? Why does he ask? Because he wants us to know. that. You, where did you get this knowledge? Did you get it from me? No. Did you get it from your wisdom? No. Did you get it from an idiot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But Adam misses the boat again. Because what do you do in shame? You 
blame and give excuses. And so what does he go? This woman you gave me and the devil and everybody else, but not me. I don't have it with me. Right? Why? What does he do? God is trying to make connection. And with isolation, blame, and excuses, what is Adam doing? He's pushing himself further and further away from the only person who can solve the situation. I would submit to you, I think the story would have been very different if Adam and Eve had responded differently when God said, come on, come on. We'll clean this up together. It's okay. I got you. I love you. I'm for you. We'll work this out. But instead, what do they do? And they try to cover them their nakedness, their vulnerability, their mess with fig leaves. Even their path- but this is the goodness of grace. Cuz can we just recognize fig leaves are not very good coverage? Like, there's a reason why they don't make the runway. I mean, there is a reason. Like, I mean, I mean, they're also, you know, one-time use. Anyway, what does God do? God covers them with skins. Anybody here, when you've been deep in shame, deep in brokenness, deep running as hard from God and ran straight into God? He's there even to cover us in our nakedness, cover us in our shame, cover us in our brokenness to draw us back to him. What hap- would have happened if when they heard shame calling, instead of being believing the lie, because shame is a sign that I'm believing a lie based upon evidence. But what if they didn't believe shame and they believed that God was always for them and never against them, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? They would have run back to him and they would have gotten a solution. I, I would submit that shame is simply a button on your dashboard. Have you guys seen uh, the great spiritual film Madagascar 2? There's an amazing scene involving two of the greatest actors of all time. Skipper. And, and uh, what is first mate? What is his name? Anyway, and, and they're on the plane that they've rigged together with vines. Not a good sign. And they're flying this plane out of Madagascar towards Africa and, and flying. And all of a sudden, this red light starts blinking on the dash. <laughs> Skipper! Red light blinking. And we see it says fuel underneath. And he goes, hand me the manual. What does he do? He takes the manual. Bam! Breaks the light. No more light. No more problem. <laughs> right? And then he says, Skipper! We've lost the first engine. Skipper, we've lost the second engine. At which point he makes the announcement, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is we will be landing shortly. The bad news is it will be a crash landing. Right? (laughs) There's two worldly reactions to the light of shame. Now the world oftentimes will say, hand me the manual. I don't see a problem with my shame. My shame doesn't mean anything. My shame is your problem. You're shaming me. You're making me feel bad about doing whatever the heck I want. 
right? That's what the world says the answer is to. Now, here's the problem. If you break the light, it doesn't make gravity go away. Anybody here broken the light? Driven right through the red light of shame? And gotten sideswiped by a Mack truck? Ignoring shame doesn't make it go away, does it? I don't have a problem. I'm not naked. I'm not naked. I'm fully clothed in my own mind. That doesn't change the fact. But then there's the religious answer to shame. Now, we might be a little more of an expert on that. What do you do when you get religious shame? Reaction to shame is this. Shove it underground. Try to cover it up. Use a little makeup. Use a little eyeliner. Try to use, um, you know, uh, try to hide from people who recognize your shame. Anybody done this? You know somebody has too high a gift of discernment or at least knows you too well, and so you avoid them for three or four days after a certain episode. <laughs> Masha had some friends in her life that for the longest time were afraid to be hugged by her because thought they, they thought she would scan them. <laughs> she only does that for parties. No, but, but the reality is a lot of times we hide, we hide, we do all this, but likewise, it's because we don't have an answer for shame. But what if shame is simply an indicator on your dash that says, call home, call Papa, call him up. Imagine the scenario if Eve had done this. Instead of talking to Adam, by the way, anybody you have friends you know you shouldn't talk to when you're stupid? Because they're, they're like your flavor of stupid. They're like, yeah, that's a great idea right? That, that was Adam and Eve. They're like, you think it's a good idea? Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of talking to Adam, Eve had gone to Papa. Papa, I'm confused. I'm confused. The serpent was saying that I need to do this to become like you because I realize I'm really, I'm, I'm, I pooped my pants today. You know, they weren't born probably with, they had to learn like we do certain things, right? The, the reality is they, things happen. Well, I'm not quite as much like you as I was thinking I was going to be. I had a bad day. And yeah, had a bad day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what happens at that point I, is if she had gone to Papa and said, what, this is what he said. What do you say? What would have happened? How would the story have been totally different? In fact, that's what Jesus did when he was tempted. Do you guys remember? Jesus, because his shame is always pointing out a lack. So what does he start with, with the devil when he tempts Jesus? Says, you're hungry. Anybody been dumb when you're hungry? There's lots of kinds of hunger, by the way. Three of us? There's like five of us. They're like, the rest of us, no. No, never, never. When we're hungry, we are dumb. We even call it hangry, right? When I'm hungry for relationship, when I'm hungry for intimacy, when I'm hungry for touch, when I'm hungry for the very gifts that God longs to give me, then the enemy goes, if you want to meet that need, let me show you how. Anybody done that? You tried to meet that need on your own? How did that work out for you? Or at least for your neighbor? 
right? Not well at all. But instead, what does Jesus go? He goes, I already talked to Papa. And Papa said that I can't live by bread. Bread isn't what I need right now. Okay, okay, not a problem, not a problem. I have, anybody here done that? You've held the devil off and he's like, not a problem, I got another one, right? And you're like, I just won one battle today, I don't get two. What does he do? And he comes back and he goes, ah, all right, I know, Jesus, you have a destiny, but you have a PR problem. I know you're supposed to become the Messiah of the world, that's kind of a big deal, supposed to be the Messiah, but nobody knows who you are. How are you going to be a Messiah, little carpenter from Nazareth? Everybody knows, loser town. If you want to be the Messiah, don't worry. I got a short stop. We'll make you Messiah. And what does he do? He puts him up on the roof of the temple because they believe some cockamamie idea that the Messiah would appear on the temple based on a weird reading of Malachi. And so literally, he's like standing up there. and He said, if you jump down and the angels catch you, it will be wonderful. What do you think? Would it have been wonderful? One more Messiah down. He was human. But also because he wouldn't have been walking in obedience to God. See, when you go and do what God calls you to do, he provides the power and the authority and the means to do it. But when we go in our own strength, we end up with fig leaves. How do you like my new outfit? We all know it's fig leaves right? And so what does he do? He goes, mm, no. And he says what? He re- quotes his papa again. Finally, the devil says, fine, 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 fine. You called me. You called my bluff. That's fine. All right. All in. I'm going to give you the entire world because it was given to me by your great grandma and grandpa, Adam and Eve. And, uh, so, and I've got it to give. So uh, here you go. And once again, he keeps coming back to what my papa said. See, the only shame is simply a light on my dashboard that I am believing a lie. Nothing more. Now, it might be I believed a lie and then did something stupid, but anybody here felt shame and you still didn't even manage to do anything yet? <laughs> only me? Okay, apparently I've got PhD level shame. But, but seriously, shame is a sign that I believed a lie But the minute I recognize the light is flashing, instead of doing one of these things, what if I ran to Papa and said, Papa, we have a problem. Papa, he said this. What do you say? Now, here's the problem with those conversations. Who else has done that before? You ever done that? Where you hear something and then you take it to Papa? He is very annoying. Because what he says doesn't seem to make as much sense as what the devil says. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, look at this. If you're so hungry, make these stones into bread, Messiah boy. And what does he say? He goes, man shall not live by bread alone. That does not fill my stomach, right? I'm like, God, that's really wonderful. (laughs) But, but I've... Don't know if you found this, but if you will choose to feed upon the word God gives, it will meet your need in a way you never imagined. And suddenly, shame is broken. Shame is broken. Shame in that moment. The, the lie. So again, when you, when you listen to shame, a lot of times it will say hide. But when you take that shame to God, he'll say, go tell a friend. Okay, we already talked about that. That's not a good idea. 
Anybody here, you've already imagined out what your friend is going to do when you are going to share your sin with them? So they're going to do this, and they're going to do that, and then they're going to kill me, and then they'll hate me, and I, right? But they'll tell everybody and add more shame, right? Because that's what the devil says. But the Bible tells us confess your sins to each other, which, by the way, means both ways, and you will be what? Healed. Why? Anybody here, you sh- like, we've had this. I shared some sin with Masha, and I'm like, oh, I'm a worm and not a man. And she looked at me and goes, I was like, you don't understand how bad I am. So I spent another 10 minutes telling her what a horrible person I was. She goes, oh, oh, I forgive you, but I just know that's not who you are. It was like she slapped me with a wet fish. I was like, are you nuts, woman? I mean, you're with me, so that's not a good sign, but What? You need people who can hear the voice of God when you can't. Yes, and to speak the truth, right? And our heart so much here is to create a culture that's not shame-based, right? Because, I mean, how many of us have been in cultures where we've, you know, opened up, confessed things, and, oh, my word, and it's like, why did I do this? I should have just kept this to myself, right? Like, it turned out so much worse because the culture is itself... Um, you and I talk about it, right? That it's, it's, it's so much easier to control a culture through, um, to control people through shame. Who has been raised um, with shame? Okay, so our, the biggest thing that was spoken over us in Russia, in school and at home is, how are you not ashamed? <laughs> Literally, old ladies on the street will walk up to you and go, like, so shame was like what, Formed us like basically that's how they disciplined us that's how they controlled us that's how they made sure we were good soviet citizens wow. right and who's been in church environments where they controlled you with shame right and but it's easier right like it's easier to motivate people with shame it doesn't last because they're gonna go home and do their thing right um but it's an effective method in the short produce, term. In the short term to produce results. But what I want to say that religion, it does control through shame. But it also, shame shuts down any kind of creativity. Because, so, because fa- um, fear, shame creates a fear of what? Failure. Fear of punishment. Mm-hmm. Any kind of lack, right? Mm-hmm. Religion demands perfection. And so, you know what Christian arts are known for? Copies. Crappy copies. True? I just was listening to Christian radio the other day. <laughs> I heard one song. It was, it was J- uh, Michael Jackson's Beat It. But it was done today by somebody like totally different. I was like, <laughs> it took you guys 20 years to copy this? <laughs> you guys are pathetic. 30 years now. Like, I heard another song. Same deal. It was just a copy. Why? Because we can't risk. So we grab something that has proven success and just send it to China to make 40,000 copies of it. Because creativity takes risk. And someone who is in shame cannot afford risk. Right? So it will kill creativity. And, and I want to say, we're on the way. You know the evidence? The, you saw all those authors up front? Those are some risk takers. It's pretty risky, yeah, isn't it? On. To put your whole self out come there on. in a book and say, hey, here is my soul. Or in an album. Or in an album. Or in a picture. Yeah. Right? 
It's going to take risk. It's going to take vulnerability. Or to plant a business, right? You open yourself up. When you actually begin to live your destiny out loud, guess what? You're opening yourself to ridicule. You're opening yourself to other people shaming you. Uh, opening yourself up to failure. But I feel like we have such an invitation. Kingdom is... You know, I love that phrase, that family, religion demands perfection, but family celebrates progress. Come on. And I, we so want this culture to be where we can see people year after year and we can celebrate progress. But like do you know we can't celebrate progress if we don't know the problem? This is one of the things, you've probably heard me say to this, if you've been in a battle, I will say to people, thank you for inviting us to the battle. Thank you for inviting us to the battle. But if you don't invite us to the battle, we can't celebrate the victory. But shame will isolate us, right? Who has gone through a hard season? I feel like my shame is mostly like from going through hard seasons where I thought God was going to come through in a certain way. And then he does not. And then there's just this, like this, that whole period of time is just full of shame. Can anyone else relate to that? And it's like, that has to go. Like, I feel like he wants to rewrite. He wants to speak a different word over those seasons that didn't pan out the way we were just hoping and believing. And just break off that shame from this whole seasons of our life that we can't even access. Come on. You know, we talked last week about how expectation makes us brittle right? It has to be a certain way. And if it's not a certain way, anybody here, you got a word from God and then you went and told everybody in way more detail than he said. <laughs> and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And then people start asking you yeah. about it. I'm making assumptions. I'm making assumptions. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've shared last time about my, how I waited and waited for this um, billion soul harvest in Russia, right? And I thought it was going to happen on my time frame while I was there. Like, I was ready for it. I was ready to go, right? And it still hasn't happened, right? I'm still living that out, and I might be living it out for the next 40 years, right? And it doesn't mean that the word wasn't true. It's just my expectation and the timing might be different. But when I start to believe lies, I disengage from destiny, mm -hmm. I disengage from hope, and I disengage from you all. You and I are never going to walk into our destiny alone. Ever, 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 Even though American ever. Dream says you will. It's, a, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's two extremes. A lot of, um, some cultures are collective cultures and others are individualistic cultures. The devil doesn't care which ditch you die in. It's your, nobody can say yes for you and me. Only you and I can say yes. The devil wants to, devil demands perfection, right? But what I've discovered is God only needs one thing from you and me. Yes. Yes. And repentance is this. Repentance is turning from my thoughts to say yes to his thoughts. It's simply yes. But here's the problem. Anybody notice that yes is like the wussiest, weakest thing in the world? Like it's like, I mean, it's even a weak word. Yes. Right? I mean... <laughs> Like, like I said, like I said, God, God gives you word. You're like starving. He goes, man shall not live by bread alone. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? what? <laughs> and he's like, just feed on that. It will be good. And you're like, okay. 
And it feels so weak in the moment. But when you say yes to his word, it begins to fill you and it begins to transform you. A lot of times, uh, another thing that happens is the lie is it's going to happen instantly. Do you know that nothing, absolutely nothing, 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 not at all has ever happened that of any value instantaneously? It is always lived out over time. If it happens instantaneously, okay, if I were to win a billion dollars in the lottery today, it would not go well with my soul. Why? I'm not at billion level, billion dollar level character. Right? It doesn't, maybe we think if this happens, it will be. But the reality is our weak yes, one drop, two drop, three drop, over time will bring a fundamental life change. The reality is everything meaningful happens little bit by little bit. But we are sold the lie of instantaneous success, instantaneous breakthrough. Listen, an instantaneous microwave, an instantaneous breakthrough will instantly break. Right? So, so anybody here had this, you got a massive breakthrough in sin. And then after a period of time, in you, dealing with sin. In dealing with sin. And then, yeah, yeah. Instant, I had incredible success with sin. I was so good. World-class level professional. I had a trading card. No, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that, I, I, you've got a breakthrough in dealing with sin, and you think you're totally done, and you'll never struggle with that ever, ever again. And you're good for a minute, and then you had a moment of stupidity. Anybody? Yep. Now, when you stumble, what are you tempted to believe? God doesn't love me anymore? You are a failure? I'm not really healed? I can't come. I didn't really. Oh, it wasn't real. It wasn't real. Let me tell you, sometimes God gives us, I'll tell you this, um, I've talked to a lot of, of folks through the years, either dealing with addiction or same-sex attraction or whatever, and over and over again, this is what I hear. I heard this testimony of this person who was instantaneously delivered. Why didn't that happen to me? Now, here's the funny thing is, for every instantaneously delivered, I know a million walking it out. But for some reason, we put the instantly, like, what couldn't they be, be? Also, I've also been back, uh, I've talked with people behind the scenes, and then they go, I was instantaneously delivered, but then I stumbled, and then I got back up. And I'm like, why didn't you share that part of the testimony? <laughs> Your instantaneous deliverance doesn't encourage anybody. It makes us feel horrible. <laughs> a, a righteous man stumbles seven times, but rises again. The thing is, is we've got to stand back up. It's sometimes there's rocket fuel for this sudden instantaneous revelation that changes everything. But then we have to walk it out day in and day out with our weak yes. When it doesn't feel true. In those moments when you feel like, I want to be stupid today. Anybody had those days? You're like, I want to stick my finger in a light socket. <laughs> the reality is even if I'm talking about what happened to you last night. It doesn't change the fact that our righteousness has never been our own. It's his righteousness living through us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, not our own efforts. All we bring is our weak little yes. 
And every time we have gone to shame, God comes prancing into the garden. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. Where are you? Nowhere. In that moment, calling out, will you give me a yes? Just the littlest yes, I'll slam dunk it home. If you'll give me a little bit of a yes, I can bring the power of heaven behind it to transform the circumstances. But we're not going to stay encouraged if we try to do it alone. We need people who believe in us when we don't. We need people who... Um, we sat around the, the Thanksgiving table the other night, and one of the things I heard over and over again from people saying is that it was people standing next to me when I couldn't believe in myself, when all I saw was my failure, when all I saw was my sin, when all I saw was my brokenness, when all I saw was my history. And they go, oh no, oh girl, you got this. Oh man, you're amazing. You have this. You're... People who, who are able to see God in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, when you can't. But we won't do that if we allow shame to call, call us into isolation instead of calling us to the face of God. And each other. And each other. And sometimes we have to be the voice of God each other. That's why he, we are given the grace to forgive each other's sins. That's not some mystical thing. It's just because we wouldn't believe it directly from God sometimes. Sometimes you need somebody physically going, look me in the eye. He has forgiven you. Jesus died for all sin, true? Sometimes you just need somebody to take a big stamp and stamp you on the forehead a few times so you'll believe it. I needed Masha to look me in the eyes and go, I don't see your sin, I see who you are. I see who you are. But I can't, that can't happen unless I live vulnerably with you and me. Jesus. Oh. So if we could have the worship team come up. I just want to tell you that you are the worst sinner in the room. But I have good news. So is everybody else. So we're all even, you know? No, no. I mean, because a lot of times I, I wish you could see what I see. Because when we talk about this list, it's like watching a Christmas tree light up. Like, I, seriously, we'll say these and people are like, <laughs> but you can't see that. Because everybody's like, I'm the only one responding. Nobody else thought that was... No, you should see it. We, I could read this list and it would be like... Bing, 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 bing. The reality is every single one of us has walked this stuff out. Every single one of us has an area where we are convinced we're the worst failure that's ever existed. Every single one of us has an area where we are been paralyzed or in shame or blame or hiding or la, 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 la. Or, you know, sometimes you know how you do it? You're like, I'm never going to be great, so I'm just going to be the best little tiny person. I'm never going to try for anything. So I don't, I'm not bad at anything because I'm not good at anything either. But he, each one of us for greatness if we could stand. Father, I just ask right now that you would pour out your spirit upon us. Courage to bring the lies that the enemy has spoken over our lives to you and say, Papa, what do you say? And that we would be courageous enough to bring it to each other and say, what do you say? We love you, Lord.